To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes with Driver Pulse from 10th Street a name you trust. That's 10street.com. T-E-N-street.com. Welcome back to another edition of Tech Call. Today we're covering the interesting link between freight brokers and athletes. Don't forget to subscribe to Tech Call, the newsletter on freightwaves.com as you haven't already. Today, we are joined by Desmond Clark, president of Bear Down Logistics. Welcome to the show, Desmond. Oh, appreciate you having me on, Mary. I am very excited for this one today. Um, this is actually a topic that I have stumbled upon in um, many of random encounters at a freight brokerage, and that is the link between athletes and freight brokers. Before we jump into that, why don't we get some background on you and why you started Bear Down Logistics? Well, um, I had no intentions on starting Bear Down Logistics. I didn't even know what logistics was. Uh, somebody could have came to me and said, freight brokering, are you interested? And I was like, I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? But um, uh, a good friend of mine, he, uh, well, he became a good friend. I was doing uh, speaking and, and leadership coaching, still do. And he said some of the stuff that I was putting out as far as some of the marketing uh, promotional stuff I was doing. And that's how it ranked up. And to keep this story short, because I can go for 15 minutes on this, um, that's where I began to learn about logistics because he owns a logistics company, Trade Depot. And as I began to learn more and we began to try to figure out how we could collaborate, that's when I became interested in freight brokering and logistics. And one of the things that I... I did back in 2013 is I wrote down a purpose statement for myself. And that purpose statement is all about using my resources to help other people. And one of the things that I wanted to do was develop a business where I could bring other people in and help them uh, progress, live the best life that they can, you know, provide for their families, all of that good stuff. And I thought that this logistics industry was going to be perfect for that because I believe that I could really thrive in this industry. And I had to prove that to myself first before I brought other people on. But just logistics, as you know, it's a hustle. It's a grind. It's always something different. It's always something new, even though you're doing the same things over and over every day. And, and I love that about the industry and and just, just that blue collar grind. And so once I thought I could do well in it, I took the more of an interest and then once I did well in it, I, I brought other people on. And now I want to use logistics as that vessel to continue to live out my purpose. Um, the, one of the cool correlations that I've always found, whether I've worked in a brokerage or whether I've talked to people who, you know, recruit salespeople or whatever, um, I have always found it cool how many former athletes, whether it's high school athletes, college athletes, um, anything like that. They have people who have played sports, team sports in schools have made amazing freight brokers. What do you think about it is, what do you think about the, uh, the athletic training and that team mentality and that competitive drive? Why do you think that makes such a great freight broker in this industry? Well, I'm going to tell you specifically from how we're building our business. 
we just made the determination that we're going to go after 11 uh, free agents, but they all have to have a sports background. And, and Mary, Mary, tell me why we're going after 11. Because when you take the field, the football field, your team always go out on the football field with 11 people. So we're, we're going after 11. But the reason why I decided that we want to go after athletes. Now, you always told me don't be beaten off the table. Um, um, it, there's a drive, right, from athletes that we've been pushed. We've been pushed to the limits. We've been stressed out. Uh, we've been coached really hard. Our, our mindsets have been tested. Um, and so all of that stuff translates into kind of a will to, to not stop and understand what it takes to get to that eventual goal that you're trying to get to um, and, and not being willing to stop until you get there. Good, really good athletes play on good teams they understand that somebody is dependent on you in order for us to win this game and in logistics you know how many people are dependent on each other right but it goes back really to that mindset and and drive that athletes have from being pushed to the limit um from i'll say from high school sports on up through college and professional levels um and and you just don't get that anywhere else besides sports to get pushed physically and mentally uh, like you do um, um, when you play a team sport or individual sport. Oh, absolutely. That mentality of like that gym could be 100 degrees and you you have nothing left in the tank, but coach says one more, you got to run one more because that's just, you can't be that person on the team that lets everyone down because you can't run one more wind sprint or you can't do one more lap. It's just that mentality of like, well, I'm not dead yet, so I got to keep going. Got to keep going until you fall out. Exactly. Whether it's and I don't know if that's the best mentality to have uh, in sports either, but it's effective and it gets it job uh, and it gets it done. Because as one of my coaches always said, you know, you might not we might not be the best team, but we're going to have the highest stamina. So we're going to outlast everyone. So when they get tired and they start making mistakes, we won't be tired. We won't be winded. So that's when we'll start playing our game. We just get them to run them out first. Whoever that, whoever that coach, whoever that coach was, I want to thank him because that's the same stuff that I tell my my son. So maybe he was the first one that said, and I'm just repeating it. But it it is is real. Like everybody gets tired, but it's the people who can stay mentally strong and continue to execute when they're tired. Those are the people that's going to win the game. And I know that that's like silly to like equate being able to run a bunch um, or, you know, last in a game to freight broker. But when you get told no, 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 so long, that starts to wear down on like, you know, your mental state. But to be able to strong, be strong and say, no, no, I just haven't found the right one yet and keep getting after it and keep staying hungry. That I think is something that no amount of training in a freight brokerage office can give you. Like no amount of sitting there learning with somebody is going to teach you how to face like a hundred no's in a day, but all you need is that one. Right. And and it goes back to what athletes have to do. Like we have to practice something over and over and over and over and over and over just to get it right. And, and I believe that's why athletes, they can stick in there and they can make, you know, 60 phone calls before they even get a chance to speak and have a conversation with someone 
it's it's just that 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 practice mindset of doing the little fine detail over and over and over and over again until you know you get it right until it becomes second nature where you don't even think about it you just you just react um to whatever it is at a certain point because you've done it so many times exactly it's like that uh you have to make so many free throws before you leave practice for the day it's to that point where when you get that basketball it should just feel second nature going to it going in and you don't have to stop and focus on your shooting you just have that muscle memory and you're ready to go it's that you know, again, that that foundation that you build upon, even starting as young as like, I don't know, when I started soccer in fifth grade or like younger than that, you just be like, yeah, this is what we do. This is the team. And, um, you know, this is this is how we are successful and how we win. It's just it's all process driven process. That's that's the one thing about this industry that I thrive in is that everything is process driven. And as an athlete, you know the process of a hey, basketball practice, football practice, whatever. Hey, it's the same thing week in and week out, and, and you get used to. But that's how you become better because you're doing the same things over and over and all the, over. Some people get bored with that, but if you, so, quick story, Mary. Um, Mike Martz, uh, he's he's a he was my offense coordinator. Not my favorite coach in the world because I believe he screwed me out of playing time. Um, but he did teach me a lot about life. And he he asked us one one time in, in a meeting, who in here wants to be a champion? And this is why I, I'm, I'm recruiting athletes because of this question right here. Um, and everybody raised their hand. Then he said, who in here knows how to be a champion? No one raised their hand. No one. Because... Have you ever been asked that question? Do you, do you know how to be a champion? Exactly. First time, but it's stuck in my head that nobody raised their hand. But he said, here's the, here's the answer of how you become a champion. And this is where I believe athletes, they excel. He said a champion is the person or the team that can do the mundane thing better than their competition. It's the basics. It's the basics. Who can master the basics and who could do the basics better than their competition? And I believe athletes, we get trained in that models and we don't even know it. It's just happening. And so now you translate that or uh, transition that over to, you know, doing the mundane things up every day as a freight broker or as a carrier rep or, you know, whatever, whatever in this logistics industry. We've already been training the subconscious now. We don't even think about it. It's an absolute great point because, you know, it's not fun to sit there and pick up a phone and call people over and over again. It's not fun to have the same conversations with people every day. But just like it's not fun to go to practice and run your warm up and do all the, the, the basic fundamental things of that sport, um, you have to do it because every once in a while you get those fun days where you get to solve a problem that's a little that's not that crazy or you know, you get to talk to somebody that you have a really great conversation, you have a great connection with. And that's like when you play your favorite game, um, when you're or like during practice, when you get the favorite game or your favorite drill comes out, the one that you're like, hmm, this is my jam. That makes all that mundane stuff worth it. And also that check at the end doesn't doesn't hurt either. When you do on freaking hand placement drills all day, it's like this is on a bad coach. But then you get in the game 
and it's that crucial time and it's that crucial play and you have perfect hand play fit fit and you block that guy and you open up the hole for your running back and you you look to the left and you see the running back going through that crack and it's like yeah because i practiced that two thousand times and it's the same thing it's the same thing with the in the freight industry not skipping steps because as soon as you skip a step that's when it's gonna come back and bite you in the butt and i've had so many times where we talked about process and no don't skip it it may not seem important now but as soon as you stop doing it it's gonna be very very important and i've had i've had many times when i was able to go back and say look now think about if you wouldn't have done that what would have happened our ass would have been in hot water but since you did do it we're covered we're good everything is fine and same thing we're just doing those little things and not cutting corners and, and just being mentally tough enough also to be able to do those things because human nature you know you, you want to take the easy way out you know you want to go home a little bit earlier man do i really have to do this again because it's probably not going to mean anything probably not out on this but when it does mean something you want to make sure that the process were, was done correctly that's one of the things that I love about like the training and documentation side of things is that it's so important to have that well-established process, to have everything documented. So when you do have someone new join the team, you can basically hand them the processes, which act as a playbook and say, this is how we run things. This is how we run this operation. This is going to be the steps you need to take to be successful and, you know, maybe be a champion. I don't know. It depends on how how well you do if you're the champion of the month, quarter, whatever. Um, and I think that that's just giving people the tools they need to be successful the same way that even in when you're five and you st- first touch a soccer ball or football or any kind of thing, your coach sits there and goes, okay, well, this is the proper way to do this. That's what you can build on to then be successful. And um, I don't know, maybe do a kickflip behind your head or something like that. Well, that's maybe, maybe in my younger days. So I guess, how do you, uh, was you when you, because you have all these athletes. So Obviously, athletes are extremely competitive. Is there ever, um, have you ever found a problem with like too competitive of, an, uh, competitive of an environment where someone that comes in that maybe isn't as hungry kind of feels um, like overwhelmed or like, you know, they're not meeting a lot of the quotas compared to everyone that's just hungry and thirsty and like just getting after it? I'd rather have people that's overly competitive than people who, oh, this is the person that, that I don't want. Hey. I'm just having fun playing the game. It doesn't matter whether I'm hot. You know, it matters. It, it it matters. If you got to give the effort, you want to win. We're not playing the game just to have fun. Like, yes, do we want to have fun while we're playing the game? Yes, of course. But the, fun, the funnest part about playing the game is winning. That's just me. Um, so can you have a, a too competitive atmosphere? Uh, yes, you can when it becomes uh, an atmosphere where it is no longer collaborative and it's, well, let me protect mine and I'm not, and I'm not giving and I'm not being a team player. Yes, it could become too competitive and, and that way. But as far as people just, just being dogs and, and want to go out and, and create all the opportunity possible, um, no, that, that can never be. Um, in my estimation, uh, too competitive. I think that's a really good fine line because, I mean, we've heard horror stories of brokerages where 
you know, someone goes out to lunch and their coverage steals all their loads, takes everything from them and just basically makes it so you're scared to go to lunch, go to the bathroom, like literally just take a break during the day. And I think that's where that com- competition goes goes too far is when you're not there to support the team and you're there only for your own selfish interest. And that's where really when you when you go to pick people for your team, you want to make sure that you have that well, that like well-balanced team where everybody, yeah, they want to win, they want to have fun and they want to, you know, succeed, but not at the detriment of someone on their team. You don't want to like shove a team member down so they get eaten mm-hmm. first. 2006, we won the Super Bowl. I had one of my best, best years. And then uh, 2007, we drafted a first round tight end. So hold on. I had my best year, went to the Super Bowl, and now y'all ever go drafted a first round tight end to come take my job? So here's a here's a the the athlete that I want. And and and, and with paradigmatics. Okay, he's on the team. He is my teammate now. He has to help me win. So therefore, I'm gonna do everything that I can for him to make him as good as he can be, bring him in, teach him everything that I can teach him. But I'd be damned if I'm going to let him come take my job. <laughs> That's the type of mindset that I that I that I want. That's the type of mindset that is going to create the the atmosphere that we want. No, I got you, brother. But we're still competing. But I'm a, I'm gonna give you everything. Give you help you be as good as you can be because although we're competing, we're still teammates. And I want you to win. I want you to win just as much as I want to win. But then I'm still going to try to beat. Is that like, is that healthy, friendly competition of like, you know, we're, we're in it together, but also just know I was here first and uh, you got, you got some work to do to catch up. Yeah. And, and you know what? I may, I may uh, crack some jokes and give you a hard time sometimes, but it's all in good fun. It's all in the competitive spirit because we, we see the scoreboard. And when it was 2009 and Greg Olson took, o- took over the star position, you know what? It wasn't like, I was pissed or upset. I knew it was coming. And Greg Greg didn't change, you know, from the time where he was a backup to the time he took over. We still kept the same tempo. We kept the same relationship. And that's what it's supposed to be like. If somebody comes in and they start to outperform you, good for them. But that doesn't mean that I'm slowing down. And because he's doing better, you know, that doesn't, or if I'm doing better, that doesn't mean that somebody's taken away from me it's just gonna make me work that much harder to you know get back on top because you know you, you come in you're being cute and you can take my spot but i'm not gonna slow down my gap my foot is all the way down right and in and, and this industry you know you still go out and get your loads you still can go out and, and continue to create business i like sports you know once you get older start making a little bit more money making less money that part of, of logistics, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen in logistics that way. So you can always stay on a level playing field with your with your effort and your ability um, in in this in this game of logistics. Turns out um, to be a freight broker, it's okay if your knee is completely obliterated ten times. Um, it's just it's not going to slow you down. I mean, it might if you have to like take off time to get it fixed, but for the most part. Um, you know, your body doesn't fail you as quickly um, to where it detriments your work as it does in a very physical sport. Absolutely. Hey, as long as you can get on that phone, get on that computer, <laughs> you're all good. 
you can limp into the office and you can limp out of the office. As long as you can sit there and get on that phone computer, you can get the job done. I like it. You know, it's just, you know, meet you where you are. And if that means we got to have a ramp for you to get up in there, that's fine. We're going to have a ramp, but we're going to have that phone and that computer hot and ready for you. And yes, we are. Yes, we are. So get the dial and get to covering those loads. So I guess what's your biggest, um, like your one tip that you tell someone that's, you know, fresh out of college, they're looking to get into the freight brokerage world. Um, maybe they played college ath- played college athletes, played collegiate sports. Um, and uh, what's your one piece of advice to them to, you know, really stay competitive and not get um, defeated that, that or that quickly? Okay, call me. Come work with me at Bad Down Logistics. Um, info at Bear Down Dad Logistics is the first BearDownLogistics.com. Info at BearDown-Logistics.com. That's the first piece of advice because as an athlete, we speak common language. We understand each other. We understand the drive. Am I recruiting right now? I think I am. We understand the drive of of, of what it takes to get there. We understand. So if you want to be with somebody who understands you, come, come, come over here. Other than that, if you go somewhere else, it's, it's all about carrying that mindset that, that you've already developed because the person that's going to win is, is not going to be the most talented. It's going to be the person that works the hardest in this industry. And I don't think anybody can dispute that. The, the person that's willing to pick up their phone, uh, the person, first of all, who's willing to gain knowledge and understanding of the industry. So when you do pick up the phone, you actually can speak the language in a way that people want to have a conversation with you where you could offer value and continue to pick up that phone and and not get not get worried when people tell you no. Don't be desperate. Like there's gotta be people that's gonna work with you. You just gotta keep calling until you find them. And don't be desperate. Don't I mean if people don't want to work with you on on to the next one. I guarantee you there are enough people out here. There's enough companies out here. If you make enough phone calls, you're going to connect with the right person and you're going to get your customers. So just be loose. Get on that phone. Be you. Be confident. Be aggressive. And and and, and just outwork the competition. And everything else will fall into place. So that's that's what I would tell tell those guys and, and, and ladies that's coming out of college. I think that's a really good point. I've always said there's more than enough freight to go around. It's about matching the freight that works best with you. Um, because, for example, I never really did retail that much. I specialized in agriculture because that was what I was good at. I was good at talking to them. I understood them. You know, I got my I got my far report on if it was too wet that morning to harvest beans. I didn't really know what I didn't really know much about beans until I started working it. And then I was like, oh, the dew's looking like it might be too high tomorrow, too. When are we going to harvest these beans? And it's just about finding that niche and finding those shippers that work for you um, because it's not going to be, you know, food isn't for everyone, just the same way that produce isn't for everyone. And if I had to do it all over again, and this is my third piece of advice, you know, that for one, um, if I had to do it all over again for myself, I would have started off going and, and discovering one or two niches that I, just like you say, you understood agriculture. And you hear that, but 
most of the times you don't hear, well, why? Oh, find a niche, find a niche. Okay, great. That sounds good. But here's why you want to do that. And, and from my perspective, because you're going to make thousands of phone calls. And as you, if you can stay in a niche and you're making those thousands of phone calls, you're asking the same questions over and over. You're having the same type of conversation over and over. And that repetitiveness is going to um, lead to you learning about that that particular area quicker if you're just calling, you know, random people trying to get low. So you can drill down and and get a better understanding of of whatever niche you're in. And then you start to know the people within that niche. And now you can do things like go to those conferences instead of just going to random conferences where, you know, you could, it's hard to meet people at these random conferences because there's so many. But if you go to industry specific conferences where your niche is, your niche people are going to be, now you can start to develop those relationships even quicker. So the knowledge, the understanding and developing relationship, that's what it's all about. That's what people say. All right, that's the name of the game. So what's the quickest way to do that is to get in a knit or two and develop it that way. Yep. A hundred percent. That is, I like that. You, uh, it's three for the price of one. I like it. I like, I like your, I like your style. Uh, but that being said, we are almost out of time, but there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer. Um, so Desmond is a hot dog, a sandwich. No, it's not a sandwich. Uh, so, uh, Here's here's a sandwich. A sandwich has a piece of bread on the bottom and on the top. A bun is one piece of bread. It's not two pieces of bread. And a bun, yeah, it's got to be a piece of bread on the bottom and on the top. So what is a hot dog there? That's the question. A hot dog is its own thing. You know, some people say a hot dog is a taco, but like my brain can't handle that. So a hot dog is just its own thing. It's its own experience because you don't go to a taco shop and ask for a hot dog. You don't go to a taco. You don't go for, to a hot dog stand and ask for a sandwich or a taco or anything else. It's its own It's its own category. I was going to say a stand by itself, but no, uh, sausage is going by too. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, a, that, it's its own category then because you got like so, hold on. Let, let me back up. sausages. Yeah. Let me back up because you have like, Philly cheese steak, they their mm-hmm. sandwiches, but they go in the bun also, and it's not one piece on top or one piece on the bottom. But a Philly so is a Philly, Philly cheese steak, steak a hot dog sandwich? I think to me it's an it's an experience because so but but a sausage is not a hot dog either. But you put that in the that's true. So it's so this question is deeper than what we give it credit for. We got to do some more digging here and 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 gain some more understanding about a barn. So if it's in a barn, well, they say hamburger barns. All right. It's, y'all know. Y'all, listen, next time. Next time. We'll, we'll dive down into uh, what constitutes a bun situation. Uh, but if anyone wants to reach out, um, you know, maybe figure out if Bear Down is the right home for them to be uh, for a career or if they just, you know, have the answer to our bun question. Uh, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah, they can find me at info at beardowndadlogistics.com. 
Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. Uh, I'm all over Instagram. I've recently gotten all back over Facebook. But um, I want one more recruiting thing. I'm looking for 11 elite athletes, not elite athletes, 11 athletes that 11 people in this industry with one to 30 years of experience with an athletic background. I'm telling you, this is the place to be. Okay. You guys heard it here first. If you think that fits you, slide into Desmond's DMs. He said they're open. They're open. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Find Check All the Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing FreightWaves podcasts, such as Loaded and Rolling and People Speaking Rail. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash call. See you on the internet.